Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure, is sponsored by SJNL General Contractors. They are licensed in both Alabama and Tennessee, and they provide services such as mass grading, storm drainage, sewer and concrete improvement, asphalt paving, erosion control, demolition, and heavy hauling. If you need any of these services, contact them 931-433-4660, 931-433-4660. Also, they are in need of heavy equipment operators, concrete finishers, CDL dump truck drivers, and pipe layers. If you're interested in employment with this family-owned business, you can go to the website www.sjnl.com. That's www.sjnl.com. My dog is a police dog, said a boy I happened to meet. My dog is the smartest dog on the whole doggone street. Well, he doesn't look like a police dog to me. He's mangy and he's nervous. He's not supposed to look like one. He's in the Secret Service. And yeah, we had a Secret Service dog. We had a dog named Mulder, named after Fox Mulder from the X-Files series. He was a big Rhodesian Ridgeback with just a hint of fence jumper in him. What we didn't know when we acquired Mulder was that the history of the Rhodesian Ridgeback is that these dogs were originally bred in Africa to protect children from lions. I don't know how many generations away Mulder was from his actual genetics, but he had one thing that was common to all Rhodesians. He was territorial and he was protective. He was particularly protective of Lonnie Beth. Now, we didn't know this because we thought we just had kind of a worthless looking old hound in our yard. One day, a young man was chasing Lonnie Beth. She was squealing. She ran through the back door. He followed her out into the yard and came face to face with an 82-pound Rhodesian who only meant business. I've seen this dog grab the chain-link fence with his teeth and try to pull them off the post when Lonnie Beth was outside the fence being tickled or chased or just squealing. He was so territorial with her that when she was a little bitty girl, I did not spank her in the backyard in the presence of the dog. In fact, up until the day he died, he slept in the flower bed beneath her bedroom window. He slept beneath that window even after she went to college. He was interested in one thing in life, and that was protecting Lonnie Beth. We have several other dogs. We had a little Sheltie named uh, Sissy. And then my dad had a Sheltie named Dusty. Dusty got to be a little much for my dad to take care of, so we inherited him. So we've got this big backyard, and it's occasionally looks like it's just full of dogs. When we moved from Stacy Circle to the house on Luna Road, the dogs kind of competed over position, and they would have these small territorial battles over who got to sit on the porch. Mulder was always jealous of Dusty. And because Dusty would do something, Mulder would think he would have to do it. Mulder never did have a fetch drive, never did like to play fetch. But if Dusty played fetch, Mulder would go take it away from him, but wouldn't bring it back to us. Mulder was just that kind of a dog. Well, we were having guests over, and we had discovered, much to our chagrin, that if our guests somehow interacted wrongly with Lonnie Beth, they might have a confrontation with the Secret Service dog, Mulder, whose one goal in life was to provide executive protection for Lonnie Beth. So we decided that when we had people over and we're going to use our backyard, what we might do is find a special place to put Mulder. 
So we bought the typical chain link kennel, the six by six hound surround. And so we're going to put that in the backyard and put him in the fence when it comes time to have guests. The new problem is how to get him into the kennel. And you've got to understand as worthless as this dog seems to be, he's intelligent. He's super, super smart, can open all of the gates on the fence. I've had to wire them shut. He's just smart enough to be disobedient. He's just smart enough to be manipulative with his intelligence. Now, please understand, I can put the dog in the kennel. I have the ability to put a leash on him or a harness on him and drag him into the kennel. Now, he, he won't bite me, but he sits on his hind legs and rumble growls in his throat, kind of like a moan that says, if you weren't you, this would be a different deal. I can put the dog in the kennel. The problem is I don't want to traumatize the dog. I don't want to traumatize the neighbors. I don't want to traumatize my family. So Jackie came up with this brilliant plan. Since he's jealous of Dusty anyway, why not use that against him? So she goes out into the kennel and takes with her some special treats. And Dusty comes into the kennel and he gets his ears scratched and he gets his nose scratched and he gets hand fed a delightful, tasty morsel. Several days in a row, I'm out here trying to negotiate Mulder into the kennel. Jackie walks out into the kennel, sits down. Dusty runs into the kennel, gets his ear scratched, gets his nose scratched, and gets hand-fed tasty morsels. The third time this happened, Jackie goes out to the kennel. Mulder chases Dusty to the back of the yard, runs and jumps in the kennel. We have successfully created a false sense of status around the kennel. The Hound Surround VIP Club, if you will. The best food is in the kennel. The best attention is in the kennel. Therefore, the best dog should use the kennel. Mulder's inflated sense of self-worth will be his undoing. Eventually, he won't be able to stand seeing Dusty get all the goodies, and he will claim the kennel for himself. Based on his pride, his selfishness, and a little streak of mean disposition, he will trade an acre of yard for six square feet. He won't enjoy being closed up, but he can't stand to let Dusty have all the fun. Right now, he thinks he's missing out by not being in the kennel. He's not a member of the Hound Surround VIP Club. The first Monday night we had our Bible study at the new house. The first Monday night of the summer, Jackie walked outside with treats in her hand and headed toward the kennel. Mulder shot past Dusty and into the kennel. He sat in the center fairly proud of himself. Jacks fed him, walked out of the gate, and closed the door behind her, mumbling, he's such a man. I don't know what she meant by that. He never barked. He never yelped. He never yipped. He never whined. He sat in his cage like a prince. He has the feeling that he's special, but actually he is a prisoner, and he's a prisoner to his own selfish attitude. God offers freedom. The devil offers lies, cages, and entrapment disguised as freedom. He portrays the high life. He advertises no limits, no boundaries, and no limits on pleasure. He lures people into the cage, and we sit there content until we realize that what we've given up is everything. We realize what we've given up to be where we are. What have you traded happiness for? What have you traded peace for? What have you traded heaven for? Walking away from sin is not locking yourself up 
Walking away from sin is not locking yourself away. Walking away from sin is actually stepping outside of the cage. Keeping up with Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure is sponsored by Erupt. Erupt is the underground youth rally from the Volcano Room deep inside Cumberland Caverns. It's an annual event. This year it takes place October 24th at 6 p.m. It will be broadcast from their YouTube page. The speaker is Austin Johnson. His theme is Deeper. For more information, contact them at eruptyouthrally at gmail.com. That's eruptyouthrally at gmail.com. Or look at their website, three W's and a dot, eruptyouthrally.com. www.eruptyouthrally.com.